Hey, Juventini, welcome to the All Juve Cast. This is uh, episode five, I believe, of the new season. Kind of all a blur because uh, there's been Martin frustrations, unfortunately. Uh, but we're going to cover Juve Milan, one-one uh, draw, and. Um, yeah, this one did not uh, pan out the way we thought it was going to after the promising, promising uh, beginning to it in the first half. But uh, we're going to start off by welcoming a new addition to the all Juve cast team. Big signing. We broke the bank despite uh, restrictions during the pandemic and whatnot, you know, tight finances. But here's Cliff joining the team. Cliff, man, welcome aboard. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I'm really, um, really excited to get to work. I know everybody on this team is super, you know, passionate about Juve and about City. So I'm really, really excited to be joining the team. It's, it's an honor and a privilege. So very humbling to be part of a good team. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And of course, Omar and Anthony. Uh, Anthony, uh, connection seems good today. He's uh, not freezing <laughs> up here. Let's just give it time. Let's just. If so, if I leave, you know what happened. I'm gonna go into the with the sweat hogs into the bleachers. So just let's just yeah. not talk yeah. about it. It might not happen. So let's just there you going. go. There you go. And we got a tradition here when new guests uh, join and whatnot. But now you know he's a team member. But Cliff, we always like getting people's story on how they became fans of Juve. So if you got a couple minutes, just share briefly how you came to be a Juventino. So everybody hates this story because um, it's kind of a weird one. But I grew up watching at my nonno's house every weekend. I go to my nonno's house. We watch any city out match. Growing up, I didn't really understand like soccer that much. I wasn't a huge fan. Like when I was younger, I didn't even know who my family supported. I now know they're Napoli fans. Um, but I was I was younger, and we'd always watch the games. And the two teams or two or three teams that were always on were Juve, Napoli, and Milan. Um, so it was really between those three teams. I loved the kits because I was watching these Juve matches probably like mid-2000s, mid-2000s, late-2000s. So I fell in love with those kits. Del Piero, I fell in love with. And then when Pierlo went to Juventus, that was kind of when it solidified my love of him because the World Cup, obviously, Pierlo was huge for that. And when he joined Juve, I'm like, this is my guy. This is when I started getting into soccer. I started probably like Late 2000s, I got really into it, like 2009, 10, 11. And then Pirlo joined. I'm like, okay, this is my team. Um, and then the rest is history. Nice, nice. Well, I yeah, have socks. I have that. socks that are older than that story. But hey, <laughs> welcome. Welcome. It's great to have you aboard. Thank it you. is great to have you aboard. Okay. So, without further ado, Milan, Juve, uh, big, big match. Uh, it was a big one for Juve. Uh, we get the starting lineups, and we went through uh, on our match day live, and uh, I had an interesting little comment there. Ant probably didn't catch it because uh, he was in the boiler room trying to get the internet going. But we got uh, – I said maybe this could be a match where you use Bonucci uh, with Chiellini or Delict, either one of the other guys, but you probably want Bonucci in there as it was uh, speculated that he was going to be resting. And I said, ah, you probably want him in there, especially how Milan attacks, because even if they were hurting on certain guys and injuries, his ball movement was impressive, to say the least, against Malmo, and you're probably going to want that. And uh, honestly, it was pretty good, even against Milan, and uh, it, that was a great, great centre-back uh, partnership. And that was really the only change. Uh, you had uh, Chiellini and Benucci from the projected lineup. Chiellini, Benucci, Danilo, Sandro... And uh, Chesney, of course, in goal. Across the middle, Cuadrado, uh, Bentancourt, Locatelli, Rabio with uh, Dybala, Morata. No issues uh, with the lineup whatsoever. And we knew what these guys were going to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just really came up to us taking advantage and going at the guys and going at Milan. And we did. You know, we did. We kicked it off in the best fashion. You get Morata on a picture-perfect counterattack. Sandro cuts off a ball. Dybala pops it through two defenders. And uh, Morata's off to the races. Hernandez can't catch him. And a beautiful finish. Chipping it over uh, Mignon. 1-0 Juve. Let's go. Let's go. And Fired you up. can't understate how difficult that is. Having to run, what is that, 80 yards? With someone oh, yeah. chasing you, keeping well, the ball. From, yeah, right from half. It's, it's not easy. 
no. and then to have the composure to finish that shift, that's it's not mm -hmm. easy to do that. No, no, it was fantastic. It was a great start. And honestly, it was a solid, solid first half from Juve, but it did leave me wanting a bit more because we should have punished him. We should have punished him and uh, really put Milan to the sword. Uh, we didn't. Second half, big, big drop-off from Juve. Big, big drop-off. And uh, now, you know, 76th uh, minute there, the one guy, as he said, the one guy you got to oh, worry yeah. about and stop, really. And he gets a free header. Um, frustrating because for all the flack Chesney takes, he actually called this one out to Rabio, pointing exactly where he wanted him. Rabio's on his feet standing there, not attacking the ball. And uh, Locatelli, unfortunately, uh, not with Rebic, uncontested header. It goes in. 1-1. Uh, after that, Juve really dropped off, and we owe Chesney for this one point because uh, without him mm -hmm. making a massive stop on the brown cow there over on the right, I call him the brown cow. I don't know what his name's Kalua. Sound like Kalua, Kalulu, whatever. Kalulu. Yeah. Kalulu. Yeah. Kalua. Great drink. Uh, anyways, yeah. Brutal, brutal letdown from Juve. Okay. Uh, luckily, you know. Kalulu left a lot to be desired probably for the Milan fans, but uh, Chesney with a big, big save there. We get out of here 1-1. Man. And, of course, the overreactions begin. Um, but some frustration needs to be set in, and now we'll start kind of talking about this. For me, and a lot of Juventini, it's a draw that feels like a loss. And I just continue to say, I do see a big improvement in the team. There's a massive, massive improvement. There's a big difference when we see our regulars that are constantly playing, like start to play now consistently. But it's still not there. And a sharp team would have punished this Milan, especially in the first half. There was a ton of space to be taken. And again, though, it's getting better. It's getting better. The only thing is we got to stop saying it's getting better and we need to start getting the results. That's what it comes down to. This game, for me, real quick, before we get to all you guys, tactics, subs, all that goes out the window. Personnel, this was simply a team that just wasn't precise enough. Precision is what killed Juve because there was opportunities there to be taken where our passes weren't where they needed to be. Um, the attempts weren't nearly enough, and it was just just that little bit of precision is how I felt. Um, and that just shows again, much more work to do. Uh, but guys, let's start going around the horn and get your takes on uh, this particular match and your thoughts on it. We're going to kick you it off it. with Cliff. Let's, yes, get, sir. let's get Cliff going here. So really the, the first thing that I noticed was that, you know, we played a really, really strong first half. We looked really good. And I think Betancourt, Rabio and, um, Locatelli, it doesn't look like a bad midfield, um, trio. Locatelli does the work defensively. Betancourt has a little bit of hold-up play with good passes, good movement. And then Rabio can go up and attack because he's not very adept to go back and defend. He's he's a very bad defender. Um, and we saw that multiple occasions, obviously, on the, the clear header from Rabic. Um, But really, we need to, or Allegri needs to learn how to adapt in the second half because Betancourt was playing very well in the first half, but then he looked like he ran out of steam coming into the second half. So I think Allegri needs to be aware of that and needs to say, Okay, we're coming on the 50th minute, 55th minute. Let's take Betancourt out, give him a rest, put McKinney in, solidify that defense. Um, and, you know, we had that energy that he brings. And he also is a goal-scoring threat at times. So, you know, you don't just get the defensive work rate, you get the offensive work rate as well. Um, but it needs to be said that Morata played well. Dybala, whenever he touched the ball, was world-class. His little flick passes were phenomenal. Um, even that little tussle with Tonali, I'd love to see that little bit of edge to him. Um and then Tech, it needs to be said, you know, if we're going to criticize Tech as much as he's played bad, we have to criti we have to give him the praise when he plays well. He had a good game. He made some very key saves. So I think all in all, obviously a draw is not the result that we wanted. We looked like we could have won, won the match in the first half, but I think we were lucky to come out with a draw the way the um, second half started off unfolding near the end. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> a great, great recap there uh, from Cliff. I will challenge a couple items one i think Dybala had a big drop off in the second half i think he was phenomenal in the first half 
Mm -hmm. uh, phenomenal first half, but I think second half, uh, we needed more from him. The midfield, Locatelli struggled in this one, uh, but not really due to his own, more situationally because Milan played that way. They wanted to kind of, you could see they were just trying to, he had to drop so far back that he became just basically irrelevant in terms of our play buildup and any kind of attack coming through him whatsoever. This left the door open for Bentancourt and Rabio. My issue with these two guys playing is that they are both uh, complementary midfielders. I don't see them needing to share the pitch at the same time. That's my personal opinion. Now we get to Omar and Anthony. How, how do you guys feel about that? These two guys on the same time. I think McKenney's a nice change. How do you feel, Omar? To be honest. And we saw this a couple times. And we saw the two of them. Number one, they both ran into each other once. I thought they were going to knock each other out. Uh, the one time, Bentoncourt had an easy pass to Rabio. Easy, easy one. And he plays it so far ahead of him. Rabio's caught off guard. He's trying to stay on side for one. And Mignon just cuts it off easily. And Rabio had another opportunity where he couldn't even get a shot off because he got caught up to trying to run up the pitch there and try and get a goal. We're screaming for that driving, attacking midfielder. I said this too, and I was shouting for it all last season. I said, regardless of Locatelli coming in, we're still one profile short, in my personal opinion, in the midfield. Ramsey could be the guy if he wasn't camped out in medical. He could potentially be, but McKenney, McKenney might be the guy that needs to play in there with one of Rabio and Bentecourt next to Locatelli. Does things change when Artur comes back? Because then Locatelli could be one of those side guys and makes a bigger difference. Omar, what, what do you think about uh, Rabio and Bentecourt sharing the pitch? Well, I, I talked about it in the last pod. I still think they're very similar and they offer pretty much the same stuff I think Artur is missing. And Locatelli might be that push forward midfielder we're looking for, but no, we don't have a regista right now. And maybe Artur can do it better and push Locatelli a bit forward. And these guys don't work well together. It's like what the third season we've seen them play. It just doesn't work. But but the game overall wasn't as bad as it might look from the last 15 minutes. Because if you look at individual performances, like everyone, Danilo, Sandro, even Bentancur, Locatelli, Morata, Dybala, everyone sort of played their part and did what they had to do. There wasn't like a bad performance from someone. Only Rabio losing Rebic out there, and that pretty much cost us the match. And there was a big drop-off afterwards, uh, mentally, more uh, most of all. But it, I do see an improvement. I think Milan have like the same process we have. They're just a bit further ahead. And they have they filled in those roles that they were missing, like it's the Hernandez of Francesio or Tonali and when he when Kessie came out. So Benasser did pretty much the same. And they were missing a lot of guys, but there was an improvement from the Napoli match, certainly from the Empoli match. It just needs to start getting results because these improvements doesn't work shit if if the results are not there by the end. Yeah. Anthony, your thoughts? Am I the only positive one here? We were asking for 45 minutes. That first 45 was fantastic. That's the best Dybala we've seen in I don't know how long. So the first 45 was good. I'm not going to rehash what these two guys have already said because, you know, they're, they're spot on. The one thing, the two things I'll touch on is in the 69th minute, <clears throat> no pun intended, you could see the game was just wide open. And it was asking for substitutions five minutes before that. So I'm fully on board that Max is going to get that right down the road. And he has, you know, he's not used to the five subs. Is it an excuse for Max? Yeah, because I'm going to give him more time. We've also played two teams in the top four. So let's not panic. And okay, and Plano de said, you know, those points shouldn't have been dropped. But we still have time. We're going to run through the bottom of the table, you know, the teams that are right beside us. And, you know, those all have to be maximum points. 
Another thing that was an interesting tweet, I think there was a, someone put it out there. I, got, I, got to, I had to write it down. This is, this is something that really has to change. First half goals this season, all competitions, seven. Second half, zero. Zero. Con- conceded. First half, one. Second half, five. So that's something that – that's fatigue. That's all that is. It's fatigue. So um, once once we get the team in that we need, I think Kiesa is that piece that we're missing, how we're going to fit him in there. I'd like to hear what the guys say about that. But my two things were basically it was fatigue and substitutions. Other than that, I thought I thought the game was fine, but it was just way too wide open at about the 70th minute on. And it was asking for uh, – we were asking for Milan to score that goal. Yeah, two. it's – I don't, I don't know. Hearing Max's words after the match saying he needed to go more defensive because the game was in the bag at one Was nil. he joking? Was that a joke? I have no idea. I, I no didn't idea. I didn't listen to it, but that sounds like him kind of taking a shot to say, oh, we should, I got I to gotta watch that. If maybe somebody in the in the comments in the sweat hearts there can help I don't. Out. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's um, I'd hope. It's concerning. It I'd hope it was a joke <laughs> because honestly, that game to me screamed, we need to put these guys away. Yes. Especially with the amount of space that was allowed in the first half. And here's another like frustration of mine is that you've got a Milan that was ripe for the picking there. And I said it, a, pers- a, a team with more precision there would absolutely have smashed that Milan the way they played yesterday and all that space, acres of space. We finish up with, well, we talked about it, nine attempts on target, four on goal. Not not good enough. That's not, we are still not coming up with enough opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, for and, and when we break down the first half, that was considered great in terms of what we've seen so far this season. We started looking at the opportunities, the opportunities that we did have and create. They weren't all that good. It was just the hype up and I think the crowd making the noise and you're kind of revved up because we scored in the fourth minute. But outside of that, you've got a Dybala shot with his right foot from like 27, 28 yards. Um, You've got Morata trying to deflect a cross over to goal short side from Mm -hmm. like Sandro. Benucci's header off that free kick. That should have went in the back of the net. He had a free header. That went over. Which one? Sorry, Benucci's header off the free yeah. kick. Yeah, you know he had a clean look at that. And yeah. the other one would have been uh, Keen. I think it was so it was off a corner kick. Rabio headed it back in, and Keen yeah. kind of had like a behind him side volley. Other than that, you're right, Al. There was nothing. It no, there, really there was that long ball that from much. Bonucci. There was a long ball from Bonucci to Rabio, which he connected and didn't go on target, but it was a good attempt. It's what I expect from a yeah. midfielder. Yeah. And again, I mean, for me, though, it's just, it's something that I, uh, it's alarmingly bringing me back to Allegri's first, like, stint towards the end. And it was just, the team needed to be so clinical because of how little we actually generated in terms of quality opportunities. And I'm starting to get that concern again. I'm hoping it'll shift and it'll change once we get everything going and whatnot. But so far right now, this team is tasked with having to be very, very clinical. And I'm almost concerned a bit with Allegri trying to be a little too defensive. And again, I hope that that comment was kind of tongue in cheek because we're just not that team anymore. We're not that team anymore where you have guys that you can rely on at the back that will shut the door completely. If Barzagli, Bonucci, Chiellini, and Buffon at the back. Buffon is a once-in-a-lifetime guy, okay? Once-in-a-lifetime. That partnership, Bonucci, Barzagli, and Chiellini, that's almost a a once-in-a-lifetime type scenario. You put all four of those guys at the back, I don't care if you score 10 seconds into the game, you could finish up. 1-0 if you want it. We're not that team anymore. And the second half drop-offs, fatigue, whatever it is, he has got to sort it out. It's it and this has been something that's not just Allegri, the second half drop-offs. Because this is like 
sorry, this is Pirlo. This is it's fitness. It, yeah, so they gotta they gotta look bigger here and, and figure this figure this out. But uh, I do see a little bit of a, a trend going, and I'm hoping we could shake it. Cliff, you're gonna drop a comment here. Um, so yeah, I was gonna say in terms of you know you said we don't have that defense in the goalie like we used to. Also, it's worth noting, you know, when Allegri played very pragmatically back in the day, he had a class midfield. We don't have the midfield that can hold up play. We can hold possession as well as, I mean, we can still hold possession well, but we don't have Pierlo, Pogba, um, Vidal, Marquisio. We don't have these type of players where we can just, you know, hold the ball at will uh, like we used to. Obviously, I think the attack is there. I think the defense is still very good considering we benched a lip. We, we benched literally one of the world's best center backs, for Bonucci, who's been in good form. So, you know, being able to do that, I mean, I think we have the attack and the defense down. It's really just the midfield. Because when Chiesa's in, Morata, Keane, like we have probably some of the best depth in terms of, you know, forward talent in the league. Yeah. yeah. When you watch this game, though, those subs come in, our game doesn't change at all. Why? Like Chiesa comes in, no impact. Kulishevsky comes in, granted short minutes, but nothing really changes. So I'm starting to think like maybe it's just not a plug and play type system. And he's got to figure out, Max has to figure out that he's got to change things up based on who's out there. Because if he tries to keep that setup the same, it hasn't really worked that much. And I don't know if it's a timing thing, but. When we put Keen in, I will say we got some good chances. Once Keen went in, I felt like a spark when Keen went in. There were good chances, there were good opportunities. He didn't finish them, but there were some good opportunities for him um, to show. And I think that will come through the season. He'll start finishing some of those chances. I think it came down to uh, fatigue from the midfield. I'm pretty shocked he didn't substitute anyone from the midfield because yeah. when you want to be in a team's throat, then the midfielders have to press that rebound, that second ball. And by the time all those subs came in and brought in some energy, there was no one to to recover and to join them in the attack and give them the ball. And that kind of killed it. They all just stayed back to avoid uh, getting another goal and it sort of killed us. I, it's not like Allegri type of thing to do. And especially when you have midfielders on the bench, not like the game against Napoli where you have nothing, basically. So... It came down to this fatigue, most of all. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the one thing that shocked me is uh, Bentancur and Rabia were both gassed, completely gassed, and we mm -hmm. should have got one change in there. Um, well, we didn't get any changes in there. We should have got a change in there. Anthony, you want to touch on the subs? It's been a topic on Allegri for sure. Well, you know, I, Luca, you know, cast member here, he was – piping up on uh, on twitter about you you change all the fours without the midfielders and he was right right you could just you could just simply see it you as soon as that and then as soon as that momentum shifted you you switched to midfielders and they're coming in in sort of a defensive type of you know game now right now they're they're not thinking of moving forward they're thinking of okay you know that's just mentally that's what that's what a player goes to they can feel how the game's moving and if the if we if we made those changes earlier, we have a little bit more momentum going forward. Players have a different mindset. I it's way, he's he was way too late. You know, I'd say ten minutes late on those substitutions. And I and I'm at the end of the day, I'm okay with the draw against Milan. It's, it's unfortunate that it's a draw at home. You'd want to take those draws away, but I, I I'm still I'm still not hitting the panic button. No, no, and I don't no. think it is time to hit the panic button. I put out a tweet today, and it just basically, I was just reiterating things I've felt for a while, really. And it's just, I said last season, okay, Pirlo did well when you consider everything, okay? Taking everything into account, Pirlo did well. And I said Allegri or whoever you wanted to bring in Zidane, whatever, whoever you brought in was going to have issues based on the roster we have. It's not saying these players are not good enough. Even if we think some of them are not to the UV caliber, the standard we should set. It's more the fact of we've assembled our roster. 
which is one of my knocks that I had on Paratici was he was getting away from the team building, you know, and it was a lot of opportunities, market, market opportunities and all this. And I thought we got away from what we succeeded. in. a lot of people think that a lot of the discussion that's been going around as of late is that we got away from made us good, which was finding sleepers and everything like that and whatnot. Look, that you know, talking about Pogba, Vidal, and uh, Barzagli and whatnot. Look, you These can't bank. You cannot bank on finding sleepers and them just panning out to be these guys like that. That's honestly like you you stick on that, and it was it was magic when it happened. You can't bank on that. It's so hard to create. The biggest thing in the grand scheme of things for me that we got away from was the team building. It's not how you find who you find whatnot. It's the pieces. We talked about in our midfield having a lot of guys that are similar. Um, and when you start looking outside of our main 11 and for other guys that can fill in voids, it's decent, but it's not 100% there. It's not 100% there. It's it's the team building aspect we need to get back to and whatnot. But I said, I, Pirlo did well considering I thought Allegri was going to struggle uh, with the players he has because – we have again in the midfield we're still screaming for this creative driving force and some goals out of there some serious goals out of there but again you know the biggest thing we all need is just patience mm -hmm. and just to finally create some stability somewhere and to calm down and trust the process if we keep hitting the panic button and if management keeps hitting the panic button and swapping coaches left, right, and center, and second-guessing themselves at every turn, when is it going to actually grow? You know, I don't I mean? think this and management's like, hitting that panic button, though. I no, really they're not. They're not right now, but it was a little scrambly after Allegri first left. I think the situation mm -hmm. could have been dealt with a lot better. I don't think you get rid of Allegri if, unless the guy that you want 100% is coming in. If mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're like, oh, we settled for sorry, why do it in the first place? If you didn't want sorry and Allegri and Agnelli, sorry, didn't want sorry in the first place, why do it in the first place? This is what I mean. It was a little bit scrambly at that spot. I think what they're doing now is great. I think we keep this core together a couple of years. Look out, right? And yeah, there might be some growing pains. We're seeing some of it now. It might be ugly. It might be a rough season. Sometimes yeah. you just gotta you just gotta take that. I mean it, it and we have a young team. Our team is very, very young. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And you talk about all these, like the second half drop-offs, all this and whatnot. Trial by fire for a lot of them, and they're going to have to just live through this and deal with it. You know? It wasn't... Omar's uh, got something. It, it is what it is. Omar, let's go. Yeah, I want to relate to what, what you said. I think Marota was a bit ahead of his time with figuring out those running those players running out of contracts but since then the market has shifted and the prices went up so now everyone is looking for those so-called free deals and you kept trying to do that but with a lot more competition so suddenly the the options around Europe or around the world became more and more problematic and back you know Take it back seven years ago, no one would have taken Rabio. But you didn't you don't have players like Pirlo and such just walking around with no contract waiting. And if you do have them, then it comes down to the agent and his fee. We could have had Donnarumma on ten years ago. We might have been able to sign Messi because all the signing bonuses and stuff just went the crazy numbers that reflect on nothing. So we should, I believe we should stop looking for them unless it's, you know, someone who really wants to come to Juve. But other than that, we can't offer much more than the other big teams in Europe can. And, you know, mid to lower table teams in England can offer much more money than we can to top tier players. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's another uh, aspect of it for sure. I mean, the markets change drastically. Uh, we all know that. We all see it. Now you throw in how tight it is financially i mean we covered the numbers very well on the pre-game show and uh, uh yeah it's gonna it's gonna be tough times it's gonna be troubling yeah. uh, but you look at they, you they look have at to be very very smart they have to be very very smart anthony but for next season you look at 
you have, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, what I think of him now or tomorrow. Like Ravella, he's right there. You have yeah. that player potentially coming in next season. Fajoli scored yesterday in Serie B, whatever, but that's get, that gets people excited. So there are players, there are young players in the system, and I think Juventus is going to be forced to use some of them in, in the upcoming seasons, which, yeah. you know, a lot, of, a lot of fans have been asking for anyways. And yeah, but you have to add sometimes that some players with a bit more experience. Like when oh, 100%, we bought in, yeah. 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 in Kedira for free, he was a world champion and won the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And he came in for free, so it kind of worked both ways. If you only use those young guys, then you're never going to get those experience and just the, the procedure will become longer. Yes, and yeah. they have to go through those mental, mental things with us instead of with other teams. But the and the other thing is too talking about those guys. Even if we take those players, Fajoli and Rovella, whatever, they're not the guy. We are still still not the profile we're looking. So we're still short. Out of all the young guys right now, currently at Juve, the profile that would probably help the most is Sulit. He's not ready. He's not ready yet though, um, and he would need time. Would he be ready next season? No. So they're gonna have to find somebody in the market. The only thing that could change things. And it isn't really Locatelli's game. But when Artur comes back, if Locatelli slides to one of those positions on the side that can be more advanced, that maybe changes things and helps us a bit. But he's still not even that that profile. You know, we just saw yeah. it at the Euros and it worked fantastic. But yeah. again, it's still not his his game making those runs that you know we could have killed Milan with yesterday and whatnot. So there's still Still a, a set of characteristics we need to find. Um, Cliff. So I know everybody's going to attack me for saying this, but we need Pogba. That is who we need. Pogba <clears throat> is the, the player that will take Juve over the edge. Because the thing is, he's not the same young kid anymore. He has experience. You you pair him up with an Artur and Locatelli in that midfield, or McKinney and, um, and Locatelli in the midfield, where you have the defensive players sitting back. Pogba is going to go up and attack more. When when he was given that freedom at Juve originally, he was never a defensive player. He could defend when he wanted to, but he was really best when he was being able to be creative and do what he wanted with the ball, even with the national team too. When he's surrounded by quality players, he can make things happen. And the thing is, nobody's calling United to get him right now. It seems like it seems like nobody's like asking around for him. And the, the amount that Juve spent on Rabio and Ramsey on their wages, I would much rather spend that much on Pogba for his wages. So I don't know. That's I'm just throwing it out there. I think Pogba would be a really good addition to this team. I know it's very wishful thinking, but we'll see. Well, I feel like Here Sandro, I want to give a shout out to Sandro. Sandro did a lot of work. He kept running mm-hmm. up until the 60th minute. He was fantastic and exactly what you expect of him, but he wouldn't be able to do that all season long. And that's where I'm still missing someone that left hand side could be Sandro's for one half maybe in a game but he'll have to drop off and do his defensive work so i'm missing um rabio doesn't do what i expect him to do on the left side dibala wasn't there Cordwaller wasn't there morata wasn't there so we need someone with that profile who can be a midfielder but can also play a bit on the wing and cover defensively look at yeah. did that for italy pretty well so <coughs> might be good yeah getting back to the pogba thing i mean it is wishful thinking. Um, I would love Pogba back. Um, I think it'd be silly for anyone not to. You make a good point on the salary uh, because we're pretty much paying Ramsey for nothing. Um, and if you took Rabio and Ramsey's salary, yeah, you're going down to one midfielder, but it's one midfielder better than both. Um, and we are pretty much with one midfielder, even with Ramsey and Rabio, because Ramsey never plays. Luca, I don't care if you're going to get upset with what I'm saying right now because it's just true. Ramsey's yeah. uh, been a non-factor. Yeah, but the uh, thing but is, if Pogba, if it's you know mutual, if Pogba gonna, wants to come, it's not going to happen. This is not going to happen. Um, it, it's not. And the Halan thing too uh, for Juventini for me, it's just like, guys, I made a tweet yesterday, and it's pretty much we get Halan when he's thirty-six years old. Okay, um, that ship has sailed. Um, I, I I would love to be wrong on it. Okay, um, and uh, we'll, if we'll Halan comes. Next year or two years from now, I'll get I'll I'll give a kid away. Okay, um, I'll give somebody a free jersey because there's just no 
I, I don't see it. The ship is sailed. You can keep your okay. ships. I just want to tell you I told you so. That's it. <laughs> okay. The land is coming. Okay. I'll, I'll wait. Uh, the financials would probably, like, depending what happens with Pogba's contract and everything like that, you could maybe swing that one. But uh, Halan, man, I can't see. It's so much money. And everybody talks about his release clause and that it's less than what Vlahovic's may be, which may turn out to be 80 million euros. But the fact is it's all the extras on top of it. We're looking at a 70 million um, deficit that's going to turn into potentially like 200, okay? So to spend what would amount to be 150-ish once all said and done, factoring in this low release clause apparently for Haaland, not happening. I cannot see this, you guys. I'm sorry. Um, I think Honestly, we need to. Though, Juve, I think Juve is set with Keane. I think they should never have gotten rid of him in the first place. I think he's a centerpiece that Juve could build around. And even in the future, if they end up changing formations at some point, I could see Kiesa and Keane playing up top together. I think they'd be perfect playing off of each other in a one-two striker tandem. And Cliff brings in Kiesa. This is another thing that's kind of been shifting from this game is everybody factoring in a lot of concern from Juventini about Allegri potentially ruining Chiesa. How do we get Chiesa in this squad and being effective? Because if Allegri wants to continue with the 4-4-2 that uh, shifts into this attacking uh, 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3, utilizing that outside winger, does Chiesa automatically replace Quadrado or does Chiesa shift with one of the two up top? It's This is a tough one. Well, how do you guys think we yeah. get Chiesa involved? Well, and uh, touched on it on the last pod because uh, it depends on the game. Like last night, we didn't need Chiesa from the start because Allegri had a plan to like nullify Teo Hernandez and Leao. We have a lot of speed to their attacks. So we use Danilo and Quadrado who do a lot of dirty work. I don't think Chiesa would have provided the same cover Quadrado provided yesterday. But against an Empoli, hands down Chiesa. Instead of Quadrado and the rotations, we have to rotate, find a way to get Chiesa in there. Yeah, Quadrado might be the one who has to give up his spot. But you can't pass on a young Italian talent like Chiesa just so Quadrado can feel comfortable. I'm sorry. I love him, but we can't pass out on that. Yeah, maybe from the start, Chiesa attacks all that space, and that's maybe the difference yesterday. You know, another goal or whatnot. Uh, there was a lot of space there, and I was like, my God, Chiesa's got to have a field day out there. But we didn't get him in until later on, and the game shifted a lot in that time waiting for him coming out, right? Cliff? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to try to cut you off there. I was going to say... Um, I Don't think ever do it uh, again, newbie. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I, I honestly think Quadrado is so like pivotal to this team. I really think you can replace him because last season, he was so great at getting up and you know putting in great crosses to help us score. I really think you can replace him. His work rate defensively obviously isn't the best, but to me... I think you can't replace Cuadrado and what he brings, you know, in terms of his flair and also his experience. I think, honestly, you replace Morata up top with Chiesa and you put him with Dybala. Just because Morata, I think he's a guy that you put in as, like, a super sub, essentially. And, like, you know, when you have corners in the second half, you have a big body like that who can get headers on the ball. And then maybe he's, like, a poacher. When the ball is in the box, he just one hit finishes it. And then, I mean, you have to think about Chiesa and Dybala up top. He's going to be, Kies is going to be running all over the place. Dybala will find him wherever he goes. So I personally think it's a fair switch saying Kiesa over Morata because, in my opinion, Morata, a lot of the times he gets stuck out on the wing with the ball, tries to do a move on the defender and gets the ball taken away from him. He's best when he's, you know, up top, I think is a super sub, and he gets the opportunity to, you know, run by people when everybody else is tired. I, I can't go with Kiesa and Dybala up top. Okay. personally i i don't see that working man i am for the reason is is because dibala needs to work off a target guy he needs to work mm -hmm. off somebody that's got the strong hold up play that he can use as a pivot and and kind of get involved i think with kies and dibala it, it just 
I, I, I really don't see Chiesa as a two-man attacking player. I see him as a guy out wide that you utilize in 1v1 scenarios. You need to trigger him in 1v1s. The more I look at this squad, and I understand Allegri might be concerned with the defensive phase and creating that organization, this team screams like a 4-2-3-1, man. Uh, honestly, Chiesa on one side, Morata up top. Take your pick on the left side out of Keane, uh, Kuliszewski. Um, I think it'll help Kuliszewski too, uh, being utilized that way. And then your two uh, pivot midfielders, um, honestly. And I, th I think you go with it. I think, honestly, even Cuadrado, as uh, you can put Chiesa on the left side, put Cuadrado on the right, still hold down some of that defensive stability. Danilo behind Cuadrado on the right, Sandro behind uh, Chiesa on the left, uh, protection. I think it's honestly, it's going to be the best for us to be able to attack more and not be so one dimensional and like have to just rely on counters and, and, and do more in terms of buildup. But yeah, if you've got Chiesa and you can utilize him on one V ones, that's where he does his damage. Uh, trying to use him in, uh, a partnership up top seems a little a little off to me. That's just my personal opinion. Um, Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, I'll disagree with Cliff on the fact that uh, a player like Morata can't come on in the 50th minute. A player like that needs to – a striker always needs to kind of get into the groove. They need to get into the feel of the game. They can't have their first touch being, you know, their only chance in the 75th minute. You know, they got to be in there from the start. Um, that's why I think Keane is probably struggling. These types of players, they need they need to be in there from minute one. I fully agree that the four two three one is a better setup because you need you need Kiesa on one side, and you, you can't sacrifice Juan for Kiesa. They they both have to play. Yeah. So I think Max realizes that, and you're gonna one of them has to play left, and it's uh, I can't remember who mentioned it, but I think it was Lou. You know he's a Kies is a good player on the left to cut in with his right foot. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to kind of stymie Sandro a little bit because Kies is more of a forward pushing player, and Sandro's been looking good with Rabio coming back, and he's been able to fill in that space. So I hopefully hopefully that that's doesn't a sacrifice I make though. It's a sacrifice you have to make because oh. Sandro's playing well in that yeah. sort of system, right? Yeah. And uh, but I I think you're right. That's your for Kiesa, that's that's the that's the swap that has to be made. Omar, what do you think? Is that how you get Kiesa in? Yeah, four to three one seems the more the most fitting formation for this team. And I gotta say, the game was was the tempo was crazy. It was attacks left and right, and you know, getting in a sub late to get into this high tempo is it's pretty much suicidal like if they if you brought them in on the 55th maybe 60th minute then they have time to settle but like keen and Kiesa were thrown into there and they weren't up to the speed of the game and that's what i saw but if i was a neutral fan it was a crazy game a lot of attacks a lot of speed on on both ends a lot of good chances and the sub just needed to come in earlier granted Kiesa came uh after an injury so that might have affected it a bit but when he is fit he's the one who should start i don't care who is left out Kiesa is the main man right now yeah yeah i think it's going to be uh, critical for Juve to get him involved like immediately like allegri's got to get him involved and i think he knows that i don't think allegri's stupid i think oh no maybe maybe he switched this 4-4-2 because of the absence of Kiesa. like you don't know yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Cliff? Oh, uh, Cliff, Cliff, rebuttal. I, I want to say, um, you know, I'm not saying that that would be perfect playing case up top. I'm just saying that's something you should experiment with. But I do agree with you guys. 4-2-3-1 is what they should be playing. I think you find a way because think about it. Case on the left, that could be the new Insigne where he's cutting in on his left or on his right foot. Even the Tira Giro, um, I think that could actually work very well. Case on one side, Cuadrado the other side. With a 4-2-3-1, McKinney and Locatelli pulling down the midfield because I think they're both good defensive presence. And then you have Dybala at the camp. And then you have, in my opinion, I think Keane needs more time. Um, so I guess Morata for now you play up top. But I think at some point you make the shift to Keane because I think he's the future. I think you play him up top at some point going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love Keane and Morata. 
as being the rotational guys. I love I love that rotation out of those two. I think it's solid. I like the fact that Keane's versatile enough. He can go anywhere across that front three, um, which is great. Um, but, yeah, we just – I think Allegri's working on it. It's getting better. That's the general consensus with most human team right now is that it is getting better, which is the main thing. If you look at the first couple games and you look at yesterday's, it's it's a world of difference. It's just some fine tuning now, but he does have to get Chiesa involved because he's our, one of our biggest impact guys, and he's got to he's got to start getting in there. The other thing to keep in mind too for everybody is that Chiesa obviously wasn't available for Malmo, and maybe there was still some risk involved yesterday, right? So that could potentially be it too. Like Anthony said. I'm not concerned with Allegri not fitting in the uh, Chiesa and whatnot. I think he'll make it happen, and we will see it. Um, one of the things that came in on Twitter off our post here was that um, thoughts on the culture, um, the culture at Juventus. Okay, he says Bobby Jojakowski. What a last name. Okay, we're going to call him Bobby D because that last name is a nightmare. Uh, I feel like the Kurva suit used to be such an advantage, and now no one fears us. Um, how do you guys personally feel, as you and Tini, just about the culture at the club, this change, and what's going on with our Kurva and our uh, ultras? Personal, yeah. personal thoughts on the matter, and how big of an impact do you think it actually plays to the team? Yeah, well, Anthony. Well, th this this whole issue with 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 the ultras and the Curva was happening before COVID, right? This wasn't this was happening three years ago, where they some of them were banned and they they weren't allowed to bring in their banners or items like that, right? So there was big issues with the tickets ticket sales, right? There's there was a whole bunch of of items that were, you know, the the management and them were already clashing on. It's definitely an advantage, advantage, something that's, uh, I think, needed. I don't understand the intricacies of uh, what the argument is on both sides, but fully agree. It, it's 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 a disadvantage when, when you don't have that sort of passion coming from that end of the crowd or for both ends because they have them on both sides. But uh, something that needs to be fixed. But in, the, in this new age of, you know, everyone trying to move towards the sort of premiership style of stands or culture there where it's you know it's more family friendly and you know less issues with with crowds other than you know the racist pricks you have over there but we have those in italy too it's it's going to be difficult it's it's going to be difficult to kind of get that passion back when you're when the teams when the management's sort of going to this different model of the type of fan they want in the stadium yeah yeah, Omar? Uh, it's definitely important. It's definitely missing the atmosphere for the players. Uh, you can see a shift in our DNA that was the never say die, the fino alla fine, and we became much more fragile. And, you know, a goal of the 70-minute breaks everyone's spirit. It wasn't like that a few years ago, you know, back to 2017 maybe. And... The Curva provides a lot of that, I believe. I don't want to get into what they're doing or their beef with the management because I don't really know what's going on there. Uh, but on the surface, they're definitely missing. Why? It's a different question and a different matter that I don't have enough information to talk about. But the overall feel is that the players are missing them, the fans are missing them, the stadium is missing them most of all. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough scenario. I think it's one uh, we gotta correct. Uh, when players start speaking out on things like that, I think you gotta you kind of gotta deal with it if you're management. And I don't know if this is uh, an Agnelli, uh you know, stubbornness side of things with how it all kind of began and started and unfolded. But I think overall, he's. If you're in charge of the club and you're running the ship, you gotta you gotta write these types of things, especially when players, some of your big guys, start talking about it, right? 
Um, and they have been, they have been vocal about it. It's just one of the things that's interesting when you look at all this and the atmosphere and some fans were suggesting we were playing away because you could hear the Milan fans in that little sliver in that corner section of that stadium. Ah, I, I want to see it back to the place we know. And it's, we talked about it earlier because we're setting, we're celebrating 10 years at home. Okay. This place has been a fortress for us. Uh, the top home record in all top five leagues, Juventus holds with like a 95% uh, win percentage. Um, he's got to get it right. He's got to get it right and sort it out. Um, we're getting ready to, we're just pretty much wrapping up here. And a um, couple little things to note is that Juve, Juve players who played last night trained in the gym today. The rest of the players took to the pitch. Um, tomorrow they will leave for Spezia. Okay, which will be uh, the midweek match for Juventus. I expect a pretty fair rotation in there, uh, but we got to get three points there. There's no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Has to be a win. Absolutely has to be. There's a report coming from Sky saying that there's a lot of anger, disappointment in the air at Contenasa. Um, just players, management, everyone just really, really frustrated trying to figure out where the problem lies i don't really know how sky sport can put that last part in there that they're trying to that they don't know or understand or un, are unable to identify where the real problem lies because i think uh i think allegri's already shown a shift he's on to it we just got to give them a little bit more time right uh, full faith in the guys getting it done but uh yeah wednesday absolutely has to be a victory and i believe we will get it we are gonna have a match day live on wednesday okay um prior to that match we're gonna get ready for it we're gonna get jacked up it's gonna be a victory i'll call it right now juventus will win that match okay um i'll give you the score on our predictions on that show um and yeah i've been off as of late but i'm gonna nail that one on wednesday not this guy promise oh easy easy what, did you call one one draw yesterday? Called one nothing. A lot closer than you guys. Oh, so you were you're, wrong. There's you're no inconsistent. Levels of wrong. It's you're wrong. you're inconsistent. After the Malmo game, you said we're going to steamroll over Milan. Then you just call out a one nothing win. You're inconsistent, man. I like don't know who Omar's talking to. He's pointing at the screen. He's talking to <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I called the draw, by the way. Oh, no one's asking you, new guy. Hey, man, if it wasn't on the show and recorded, nobody nobody believes you. That's true. Yeah. That's fair. So, and you're, you're inconsistent like you, so it's fitting. Guys, right, real quick before we sign off, if you had to give a man of the match for the Juve Milan performance, who was your pick and why? And who did you feel had the lowest rating? So your highest and your lowest rating as we wrap up and we get ready for Wednesday's match against Spezia. New yeah. guy, starters only. Starters so, only. Starters only. I'd probably say Tech. He saved us in the end. Um, so I'd give the man the match just because um, you know, he made some really crucial saves. And if it wasn't for Rabio, he put him in the right position on the corner. So I think he did everything right in this match. And you can't take anything away from the lowest. I'd probably have to say it's tough because I think there was like a lot. Betancourt started getting tired, so I don't want to put too much on him. I think Betancourt, because he missed some really crucial passes um, that could have, you know, you know, gotten us some good opportunities. So I'm going to put it on Betancourt, but with the caveat that I think most of the game he played decent. Yeah, there you go. Anthony. Uh, man of the match, I had some notes here. Who, I, I'll, I'll give it to like, – Dybala had a great first half, kind of disappeared in the second half. It was, a, it was a close one between him and Benucci. I'll go with Benucci on this one. I thought Benucci had a pretty – had a very, very solid game. Uh, you know, lowest rated. I, I would, I would go with Rabio. He, he had a great, again, he had a great, good first half, then kind of fell off, fatigue, whatever it was. I'll, I'll give Rabio the lowest marks. Yeah, Omar. Yeah, so men of the match goes to Danilo. He might have had the toughest job against these two young speed, speed devils, and he, he was up to it, and <laughs> nothing came from that, from that area of the pitch. So man of the match for me, and I give the disappointment to Rabio because 
Uh, well, if he doesn't lose Rebic on that goal, then he had a pretty solid game, but in the end, it pretty much cost us. Maybe Lucateri lost him, but you, you could see Tech yelling at, uh, at Rabio to occupy that space. So if he got us the match, then it should be the disappointment. Other than that, I said in the beginning, everyone were pretty solid up until the 70th minute. Yeah. So for me, it's tough because I can, I feel like you can say the same for a lot of the guys is that really, really strong majority of their performance, but then big, big drop off. But I think Dybala for me, probably for man of the match, um, set up Morata on the breakaway that obviously was on a great counter that sprung loose. If I had to go the lowest rating, it would probably be Locatelli. Um, and again, I feel for him because Milan did a good job to neutralize him and everything. But at the end of the day, regardless of the other guys getting gassed and the amount of work that Bentancur and Rabio both did to make up for it was a lot. And they got fatigued. They got fatigued pretty early on into it, like probably 60th, 65th. Like you could see they were really gassed. But the amount of work that they had to do to compensate was huge. And then ultimately, it was Locatelli's guy who got free on him for the free header. And that was the only time we got punished. And, um, yeah, it, it might be harsh on him. He had some good defensive work, making some big challenges and stuff like that. But ultimately, he didn't uh, really impact the game. So while the other guys, yeah, misplaced passes, some – troubling opportunities on certain sides of things, they were still much more involved um, than Locatelli. So unfortunately, I might be being a bit harsh on him, but I'm going to give him just slightly the lowest rating. And it is close with probably Rabio, But again, I think Rabio worked his bag off in that game. So it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I feel I feel like it's almost bad to give one of those guys in the, uh, the lowest rating because they all actually work so hard in the middle of that game. It's just somebody's got to take it, right? Somebody's got to take the fall. So, guys, it's been great uh, recapping what was a draw. That was a rough, rough draw. But I think we're getting there, aren't we? The team's going to get there. The team's going to get there. Um, will we be able to compete enough? I think so. Um, Napoli obviously plays today, Okay. Um, the potential is for Juve to end up where 10 points behind. Um, you know, we've only got two now. It's the worst start in what was it like 60 years or something for Juventus? Yeah, they've the done 60, it a yeah. couple times where they haven't pulled a victory, um, in the first four matches. Which, uh, again, I'm not overly concerned right now, again, because we have to have perspective. You know, this isn't a Juve that's been steamrolling you know and all of a sudden we're we find ourselves here this is a uv that's trying to find themselves you know this is yeah. a UV that's trying to regroup that's trying to rebuild that's trying to work at something so to try and hold them to something that we haven't been for a bit it's yeah. pretty it's pretty hard um we've got to take some the, knocks yeah and the best season ever in Serie A belongs to us with 33 wins so even in that season we lost points in seven games and that's the best ever no team has matched it no team has come close so the other teams are going to drop points in more than seven games this season nothing is finished nothing is closed the league is still wide open we're going to be to get back up there and do our thing i'm certain of it yeah and that's one of the things too I think Allegri, he nailed it on the head when he said that about this year's Serie A is that no one team's going to run away with this thing, you know? So, you know, just a little bit of patience is okay, but we do have to get it going and wins against uh, Spezia and Samp coming up have to, have to absolutely be there, right? So we start there. Wednesday, thank you everybody who joined live. Uh, Cliff, uh, great having you aboard. Uh, awesome that you can make it for the very first post-match uh, since joining. Omar, always a pleasure. Anthony had to take off uh, a little bit early, which is fine. Um, always massive thanks to him. And uh, guys, stay tuned because we're going to have uh, a pretty cool announcement involving Cliff. 
and uh, another project of the All UV Cast. Okay, um, so yeah, we'll have an announcement on that in the coming days. And uh, yeah, everybody um, that was uh, tuning in uh, to this on audio, get over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, set the notification reminders for these lives, and you can take part in the show. We always get a ton of great questions and great uh, live chats going on. So make sure you head over there. Um, yeah, just everybody remain patient, stay calm, trust the process. We got quite a few good players. We'll be okay. They'll get it right. Allegri will get it right. We've been here before. Okay. Uh, we've had some bad starts. And uh, what's the saying that always follows Allegri around? We peak in March. We peak in March. Yeah. Take it's a marathon. It's a marathon. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Relax, everybody. Match day live Wednesday. Get over here to the all UV cast. We'll get ready for Spezia. And I already promised a win, so the team must deliver. We'll talk to you all then. As always, no matter what, nothing changes this. It's Forza Juve. Fino alla fine. Ciao. Ciao.